following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it's time for another edition of Mixed Shots, and this is the very first off-season edition of Mixed Shots for 2021. We have officially turned the page into the new year. Bill Jones with Everson Walls and Mickey Spagnola inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. And Everson, uh, you got cowboy blue on. What you got on there? What Come you wearing on, man. today? This is my favorite blue. Yesterday I had on my Coach McCarthy jacket from Mr. Mickey Spagnola. This one was from the from Jerry Jones himself. You know, uh, don't get jealous, Spags. Oh, Me and Jerry man. were just friends. <laughs> <laughs> So, I thought so, Mickey was the only one that Jerry gave things to. So somehow he's still Not paying. Only, I, I, he's still paying Everson. Now, now it's with Carol. <laughs> Unfortunately for Everson, that's all he's getting paid. <laughs> so Mickey, how yes. are things at the Star in Frisco? Well, Bill, Tuesday I think uh, they're going through their exit, the remaining exit interviews uh, today. Uh, Mike McCarthy last night when he did his uh, press conference uh, said that they got through 32 of them. So he probably had 32, at least 32 more to go. Uh, so they were continuing that today. We heard from Leighton Vanderesh. Uh, we were supposed to hear from C.D. Lamb. I don't know that that took place yet. Uh, and we heard from Jerry Jones this morning one more time on his uh, radio segment. Uh, and then it's just time to move into the offseason, talk about that draft position, talk about the upcoming opponents, and start reviewing this season and put it to bed. Uh, we can also talk about Joe Judge, not a happy camper, by the way. Uh, oh, that's what I want to talk about. And he, and he, yeah. and that and is what causing, I want to hear. And it's causing a big stir on both sides, right? I thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, former Cowboys Ooh. assistant coach Anthony Lynn got fired today with the Chargers. So a uh, uh, lot, lot of wheels yeah, turning and in the Jason NFL. Garrett is being interviewed for Jason Garrett's being interviewed for that Chargers job. Oh, I sure didn't is. see that. Bill, Very yeah. good. Sure is. Yep. Yeah. 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 And you know, Everson, I, I'm sitting here watching the, Everson, I'm watching the NFL network and I got breaking news. Byron Jones had an interception against the Bills Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here watching he had a toe drag on the sideline. I guess so he wait, got credited. He gets he and he's gets wearing number twenty four. Zero. He gets the Pro Bowl for getting zero interceptions, right? That was what, last year? He's, he's got your number ago. on. Two years ago, yeah. That's he, the reason he's, he's all pro. He's getting he interceptions he got, he got, he now. Got my he's number. He got one interception, and they'll probably put him in the Hall of Fame just because of that one interception. So he got paid all that money. Was that his first one of the year? That is his only one know. of the year. Is it early? Well, yes. Maybe he just switched to number 24. That's why he got the interception. <laughs> 
He thought he thought it was the number, like like the Jordan in the shoes. No, no, it's not the number. See, he thought Everson it, watched the ball. Okay. See, he thought it was the number because he saw Wuzier get an interception this year. So he said, "Oh, it's 24." <laughs> Wait, right. you've got certain levels of 24. Let's establish that right now, okay, before we go on. Okay, there's 24, okay, 2,000, then there's pre-2024s. There's a big difference. All right, big all, right. all right. Let's talk Joe Judge. Tell, tell me what you think about what Joe Judge said about Doug Peterson. I want to hear Mick story. Tell me, story, uh, Mick, what's what's going on with this, man? No, he, he called out Peterson for uh, not upholding the integrity of the game and not trying to win the game uh, with the Eagles, uh, not only uh, pulling his quarterback when it's a, basically a three-point game and putting in a guy that really hadn't yep. played all year, but also I think they sat like eight or nine guys. I think they listed them as injured. I don't know how injured they were. Uh, but he thought he wasn't trying to uphold the integrity of the game. And I've seen uh, Michael Irvin come down on the other side saying, oh, quit complaining. You had 16 games to win enough games to win the division. Don't be depending on somebody else to help you out in the last game. That guy's got to take care of his own business. So, um, No, he's, Mike's right about that. I, I'll give him that. But, you know, we all need to be beholding to ourselves and to our organizations. And as far as I'm concerned, you cannot justify what you did. And, and trust me, I'm not a Giants fan. I tell people all the time, I play for the Giants, but I'm a, I'm a Giant fan of that particular team that I played on. I could care less about the Giants right now, but to me, just looking at it as a Cowboy fan, I'm sorry, just a football fan or football purist, I guess, it's no way you can justify, and he couldn't during the press conference. Watching him try and justify, Coach Peterson try and justify that move, that was the most uncomfortable thing I think I've seen in a long time. It was worse than when my, 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 my daughter was trying to lie her way out of tearing up my $100 bill. You just can't <laughs> lie your way out of that. You're the only one that did it. <laughs> so what, whatever your reasoning is, you can't even make it sound good. That was it was a pitiful post-game press press conference. I hope she was only five years old when you she know, did it. Yeah, she was she was only five years oh, old. Okay. And, and guess who was with her? Ron Ron Spring's daughter was with her. I couldn't spank her. I wanted to spank her so bad, but it's not my kid. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't hear I didn't hear Doug Peterson's uh, press conference, so I didn't hear exactly what he was saying. But I, I do see Jalen Hurts' stats in the game, and he was just 7 out of 20 for 72 yards with a quarterback rating of 25.4 oh, in that he game. He was awful. And, and, and I thought of it when they pulled him. I said, yeah, I'd have pulled him sooner than that. He, so the, the, the Jalen the Jalen Hurts train slowed down greatly, I, I think. Uh, all this talk about but, he's okay, going to so, take over. So, so considering that, and Mickey, you said that you thought they probably should have pulled him earlier, then what's the beef about Doug Peterson? And I said yesterday it was obvious that the, in the final drive of the game they weren't trying to win the game. I mean, the final play of the game, right, right. Sudfeld looked like he was instructed to throw the ball five yards forward and that is it, you know, and not even try uh, to, to win the game. But what's, what's everybody's beef about Peterson if Hertz was playing that poorly? Yeah, and I don't know that they, they mentioned Hertz was playing poorly. They just mentioned that he sat uh, eight guys 
and and that he put okay. in a quarter. He put a quarterback. It's, well, yeah. and they had Carson Wentz inactive, by the way. Yes, right. that you know, was so the problem. If, if Hertz had and played see, here, poorly, you could have gone at. to you could have gone to Wentz, but he had to go to Sudfeld. But and I don't you don't know that have he a took Wentz. Any snaps. No, you don't have a Wentz, and you only have a backup who hadn't probably thrown a snap or whatever. I don't know what his stats were or his career numbers are. The point is you had no one else to put in. That was a non-factor. He was a non-move as far as I'm concerned. You should not have ever tried to go to a quarterback with that little experience in the ball game, And once again, the explanation was not that, Bill and Spags. It was not about... Uh, uh, well, Hurts is playing badly. That was not his explanation post uh, game. It was all about trying to get this guy some playing time, trying to get other guys some playing time. Shut up, man. Like get a preseason game. You're not trying to get playing time for people the last half, the last half of a ball game. And by the way, the commentators, they weren't really, yeah, the numbers were, were not good at all for Hurts, but they weren't really targeting that as the reason that they sat down. They didn't even try to put, they didn't even try to uh, uh, offer a reason. Matter of fact, they gave uh, Hertz the benefit of the doubt saying that, you know, this is really not the time to take him out simply because you're only three points down. You're only three points down with a quarterback with no experience sitting on the bench. You don't make that move. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So, uh, Everson, and, I, and see I agree that Go ahead. Go ahead, Mickey. I was going to no, I was going to tell Everson. No, I I agree that that it, that it it uh, I agree with what Joe Judge says about it. I think they ought to play it out. In fact, I think here I I've thought ever since the NFL went to this uh, having division games the final week of the season. I understand why they do it. They wanted an opportunity to have uh, if if a division title is on the line, two teams going up against each other. I don't like the fact that they've got the schedule like this. I think the division games need to be played before the last week of the season because too many times the, the division games are the most important games that you play in a season. And there's too many times that teams are eliminated and you're taking one of those important division games that you play, one of the six that you play during a season, and odds are that it's not going to matter at all with the outcome of the season when you schedule it the last week of the, of the regular season. That's the way I look at these division games. Well, now, if you Spags, think, let if me you, say this. Go ahead. I was going to say, so if you have, if you flip that around, Bill, and you have uh, these uh, non-divisional, non-conference games, matchups at the end of the season, to me that just leaves the door even wider open for, let's say a team in the AFC is going to play the Cowboys you know, it's not going to improve their position necessarily by playing an out-of-conference or out-of-division game I, at the end of the season. Am I, am I, well, we all, um, does that make sense to you? I, the, the, here's, here's what I think they should do. You know, each year there are only two games on a schedule that is different than other teams in your division. I think one of those games needs to be the last game of the season. Because that way you're having you're playing the basically the same opponents for the first 15 games outside of one week. In fact, I, the way I would schedule it is those two games 
that are different than and these are these are conference games that are different from other teams in your division. I'd schedule them one of them the first week of the season and the other one the last week of the season. And that way, the middle 14 games of your schedule, they're the exact same teams you're playing, other teams in your division. And, and, and that way, your division, there's so many times that playoffs are decided before the last week of the season. And that way, you're playing the same, basically the same games, the same opponents as other teams in your division. That's the way I look at it. And I think I think it, regardless of whether you're playing a division rival or someone outside your division, if a team is out of it like Philadelphia was, it doesn't matter whether they're playing Washington or the New England Patriots. They're going to treat that game the same way. See, you know what I was wondering? I was wondering, and it was Michael Irvin and uh, who, who else was it that came to former Cowboy, came down on it uh, pretty heavy, Marcus Spears. I was wondering, had the uh -huh. Cowboys won, would they thought the same thing? Oh, yes. Right? Oh, because, yes. Because, oh, now it would have been Philadelphia worse. needs to win so the Cowboys can win the <laughs> NFC East. Oh, what did you do? You didn't play. <laughs> it would have been so much worse. As much as we talk about New York City being the, yeah. the mecca of so many things, if the Cowboys would have been in the same position as the New York Giants, it would have gone to a totally different and higher level. We would have, we talked about it yesterday. That would have been a, 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 an investigation, <laughs> an international investigation on what the heck is going on. They would have looked into Peterson's background, tried to see who his parents were to see if they had some type of communist background. It would have been crazy, man. They would have gone that deep. You think Jerry would, I, I Jerry would have made have a call? If the Cowboys. Jerry would have made a call and said, hey, can you find me one more win somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> they would have added another game to the schedule. That's how bad it would have been. <laughs> I bet. I bet Sudfeld would have played the whole game if the if the Cowboys yeah, right. had, had beaten the Giants. Yeah, earlier probably. Today. That's right. what I believe. That's what I would have believed. No pretense, Bill. No pretense. Uh -huh. I, I, that, that's exactly right. <laughs> but it's good having this little bit of controversy. <laughs> Long as we're not involved. That's what matters. <laughs> hey, Mickey, was Jerry asked about it this morning on his appearance on the fan? Yeah, and he was, uh, I'm trying to find it, he was pretty noncommittal on, on, on it. Um, he, I'm pretty uh, sure he was happy that uh, they didn't have anything to do with it for once. <laughs> the only thing he said is, is that, that was sort of definitive. He says we must and should have uh, games uh, that have uh, consequences to win uh, at the end of the season. Uh, but he, but he, but he, but he didn't really. That. I know. And he said these are pro football that doesn't. Uh, will yeah he he didn't really he didn't really have an opinion on it I think uh, he kind of talked around it about the uh, integrity but you know he he also he he came up with some example about New England like if you if you had to win to keep New England out would you would you try to win well of course you would right because you don't want New England in the playoffs and he was talking about with Tom Brady and and, and that so. Um, but yeah. You know, it, it, he, we can we make jokes about it, and it turned into a meme. But 
But uh, the, 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 the man was right. You play to win the game. I mean, that's just it. I, I, I don't know how you can play not to win. I don't know how to do that. I mean, you can get your butt kicked. Yeah, no doubt about it. I was on a couple of teams that lost du- double digit, had double digit losses. I just don't know how to play to lose. A play not to win? Yeah, you can get your butt kicked. That's one thing. But to just say, okay, I'm not going to win, doesn't everyone have to be in on that? You know? I mean, if I'm out there busting my butt on defense and you got a quarterback back there not trying to win, the, 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 you know, the domino effect to me is massive. You know? And like I've always said, especially if that goes on for a number of games, that's, if I'm a, a, a player, that's going to affect the, the way my contract negotiations may turn out in the future. Will you look at this game and judge me on that game? Well, what if I needed to get another stat to break a record mm-hmm. or something? That's right. It's just, it's an ugly, ugly thing and, and so forth. If a coach is going to go off on his own and do that, that makes it even worse because now you're, you're jeopardizing your entire uh, staff, so to speak, your entire yeah. player staff. Yeah, Everson, how, how do players approach that situation? I have never had a conversation about not about playing not to win or, or playing to lose. That has never come up in any conversation I've had with any teammate, period. I've only talked about this with the media. I've never had a conversation about this with a, a, a former player or a, present, a, a current player. I just I don't even know how to talk about it, how to even start talking about it. So what about mm-hmm. what about well, like Kansas City basically sitting their quarterback because they had nothing to gain, and and they're not trying to win, they're not trying to lose, right? But uh, Pittsburgh sat Roethlisberger, and that's happened, and there's always been an argument on that last game. If you got nothing to gain, do you sit your players to preserve their health going into the playoffs? And I always thought that was a difficult one because, say, I got my it team is. here, and I say, okay, you, 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 and you, you're sitting because I need you. I don't want you to get injured. Well, this guy over here goes, huh, what am I, chop meat? You don't mind if yep. I get hurt? Yep. I got to play. So yep. I, never, I never understood well, that just, mentality. Well, the, the, the Pandora's box it starts right there. Uh, like you mentioned, Kansas City, they're going to the playoffs. So winning or losing really doesn't matter. But it matters to the other teams that need you to win this game. So that's where the Pandora's box started right there. They're not tanking the game. They're just preserving because they're going on to play postseason. Uh, the Eagles have no postseason. So who are you trying to protect for an entire offseason, <laughs> trying okay. to protect the player. Okay, you let me throw this out that. at you. <laughs> if that's let the case, it. we shouldn't even play the game because next year, you know, Dak Prescott, we want to protect him because he got hurt the previous year. It's, it's, you start getting into too much stuff when you deal with that. Right. And, and, uh, and so I wonder if it's in, in Peterson's mind protecting Jalen Hurts for next year from a potential ACL injury or something that could affect his availability in the offseason or leading into next year. The same and I don't and I don't agree with this. I'm just presenting it as a devil's advocate. It's the same deal as the in in many ways as the as the players opting out of bowl games and stuff. I mean, they're protecting their futures 
And, okay, how about a coach protecting the quarterback that he thinks is going to be a starting quarterback next year in a meaningless game? Yeah. That part I do not agree with. Well, Everson, I just wanted that, that to, the latter I do not agree with. I just wanted to tell you, since you're 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 now you know kind of in the media here, you're doing broadcasting. Uh, there's five GM jobs open, so you might keep your eye on those. <laughs> I can't even get a DB coaching job locally. So what are you talking about? <laughs> you could parlay mix shots into a GM job, right? Right. <laughs> Everybody else is doing it. Come right out of the SWBC right. Mortgage Studio. Right onto the field, yes. There you go. All right, we continue with more mix shots and more about what Jerry had to say this morning on The Fan when we come back. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, We've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back, back, back. To mixed shots. You can now support your beloved Cowboys from anywhere. Open up AT&T's Fan Zone feature inside the Cowboys app and record your personal cheer and referee signals. You will receive a personalized mosaic. Mickey, have you done that yet? I have not. I couldn't figure out which uh, referee signal I wanted to use. <laughs> Give it a little bit. That's the one you want to use. That's right. Right. <laughs> hey, I saw him the other day on a throwback um, YouTube video. Sometimes I sit up here and feel sorry for myself, so I go back to like the 1980s and 90s and pull up some old Cowboy and Giants videos and, and look at all the plays that you, you made. Come to find out, you might see some plays that you tried to forget about, and it kind of ruins, ruins the whole moment. But that referee was in one of the games. Ben and right. he is, has always been so demonstrative he tried to he talked about tripping 
And instead of just kicking his leg out and, and you know, dem demonstrate tripping, he actually put the leg behind him as if he did one of those Tony Fritz onside kick moves. <laughs> and I'm like, why would he pick that, you know? But he did it, and he was all, you know, he put the body language into it. So that was not a, uh, an aberration by him. He had done that all, so many times. I, I would imagine he's retired now. He may even have passed on, but he was entertaining, yep. even as he called uh, penalties. Yep. Ben, I believe it was Ben Dreith was the one, yep. give, giving him the business. Good dude. All right, Mickey, Mickey is pouring over his notes as uh, he was listening <laughs> intently. He's tuning morning. me out. That's what he's doing, Bill. As, uh, yeah, what did you Gary say? Gary Jones was on the radio. <laughs> you know, the NFL was better when officials had that kind of personality, don't you think? They're pretty automated. <laughs> Nowadays, everybody's so politically correct. Yeah, you can't That's do too right. much. That's right. All right, so Mickey, tell, yes. me, tell me about Jerry this morning. Well, I'm going to let you guys guess what the first question was. Mm. Coach Peterson. Uh, no, that was uh, that was about uh, Dak Prescott. 10 minutes in. No, that was about 15 no. minutes in. Oh. Mike Nolan. That was about nine minutes in. Is Coach McCall the play that is now? Back? Yeah, the the play now known as the catch. Yes, that yeah, was the first question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're off the hook. Yeah, there's a, catch. There's a new catch. We got a new catch now. Yeah, yeah now there's a new catch. You're <laughs> off the hook. <laughs> I guess we can name it the challenge, right? Right. <laughs> so uh, on that note, uh, Jerry said my initial reaction was it was very difficult to get those things overturned. And then he talked about the consequences and how it turned out. He said, now, if you had a do-over again, uh, you could have easily burned that, meaning the timeout, uh, and, and tried to make it more difficult on them on, on fourth down. Uh, and then he was asked, did, did, did you, do you think we, you, you got a chance to see it on a video board? He didn't really answer it. All he said is, we were scrambling like hell to communicate. It was quick. Mm -hmm. He said Mike knew it was close and realized it was tight, uh, but didn't see enough to, to go ahead and challenge it. He goes, so... He goes, that's the price you have to pay. But he talked about when you're on the road, you know, the visiting team is not obligated to put that up on the board. Uh, and so he and wasn't quite sure how quickly the, the uh, video got to the coaches in the box. Uh, right. And, and, Mickey, the reason why he wasn't sure what was being shown in the stadium is because he's in one of those suites, and so he's watching the network TV broadcast. He's right. not watching the stadium video board, which is what Mike McCarthy's having to watch down on the field. And I guarantee you the Giants are not putting the shots on the board that the opposing coach needs to see to challenge a play. You know, and here's the I, other I thing. This, here's guys. the other thing what happens sometimes on the road in stadiums, that even if you have <laughs> – uh, uh, the TV uh, up and, and you're receiving the game, sometimes it's delayed. The delay. It's, it's, not, yeah, exactly. it's not real it's time. Delayed. And I think it's kind of delayed a little bit uh, in the Cowboys press box, I think. Not on the board, but uh, the TV copy is delayed. 
And, and there's so, a couple of different channels they can put it on. One of them is more real time, and then right. there's another one which is through cable or whatever that is, or direct TV that has a delay on it. Yeah. And, and so, that's probably what they have up in the coach's booth. All, all, of this, all of this technology, all of this technology we have, all of this technology we have, <laughs> you're going to tell me we can't have a universal process on how the videos are going to come through, what you're going to see, how it's going to be done, and you have to work within that paradigm as far as hurrying up if you have to offensively or to try and hide the, you know, the, the, the question call, question play. You could do all of that, but it's got to be a universal process. We have too much technology to where, oh, man, we couldn't have access to it. You couldn't get access to it, but you might have access to me in the shower somewhere, but you can't get <laughs> access to a replay on the video. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's a way to make this happen, whether you're on the road or not. Exactly. There has to be a universal process through the NFL when it comes to this type of thing. See, but here, the, only here's obligation, the, the only obligation the, the home team has is if the play is under review, they are supposed to show what the official's looking at. That's the only obligation they have. So if it's a if it's a questionable call and it doesn't get challenged, uh, you know what? We don't think we need to show nah, that. No, see, we don't need that. Yeah. No, that's right. not part of football. The uh, no, Here's, the yada yada yada. There's no yada 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 in this. <laughs> that needs to be a firm process of uh, and a fair process. I've got for the everyone, firm for everyone. I've got the f- nothing different depending on what stadium you're in or whatever. I got the firm, fair process on it now. I didn't know what Zoom was until March. Now everybody knows what Zoom is. I use it right here in my office for my television broadcast because there's a delay on my cable. And so when I'm narrating highlights, I can't can't narrate highlights and look at my home TV. But so what the TV station does is they've got a, I'm on a Zoom with the TV station where it is basically in real time. There might be a half second delay where they Zoom me the broadcast from the TV station and it comes right to me right there. And so all they have to do, the NFL has to do, is through Zoom, WebEx, whatever format they want to use on it, is for each coach's box in the league, They have the network TV broadcast zoomed to that coach's box where from the NFL office, real time, or from the network, wherever it has to be, to where in real time the coaches in the booth have the same access to to, uh, replays that what people at home have. And, And you're not dependent on the home team giving you the feed or anything like that. You're in charge of it yourself. You get you set up the Zoom feed where you can see it for yourself. That's see, all you got to do. And, and a good example of that is what we're doing right now because I've got the live feed and you guys are two seconds behind me, and that's why we that's right. talk over each other. Right. And see, it's, this is not a reaction of, well, because it only happened to the Cowboys, now you guys want to make all these changes. I've always thought it was a kooky relationship between video versus you know what the other teams see what stadium you're in and all that kind of crap you know that's old school football you know where we can find out what kind of loopholes we can you know break into in in regards to the process 
That all needs to be eliminated now, man. Nobody's worried about, oh, well, we got to wear long cleats now because the Raiders wet the field. Or all that old craziness, man. Get that mess out of the way. Let's just play some football and stop trying to be tricksters. Sort Let's of, just be athletes sort and coaches. Of, sort of like uh, uh, finding Alvin Kamara for having a red shoe and a green shoe for Christmas. Seriously? Really? Oh, yeah, they find him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the second question was the two-point conversion. Should they have gone for it? And I thought, it's too early in the game. It was right at the beginning of the fourth quarter, right? Don't, and, and Jerry's, Jerry's I, I, com, I, comment was, I'm good with that, that they didn't do it. He goes, plus, he goes, we don't do so well in the red zone. <laughs> 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 Nothing like brutal honesty at the press conference. <laughs> and then it was next about the season, and he said, number one, we fell short of what we thought we could accomplish. And he said, I think we, we underestimated what the impact of not being with the team in the offense, I mean, in the offseason was. And he said, especially on defense. You know, we were trying, and he's said this before, we're trying to implement these new techniques, a new scheme, and he goes, and we didn't have an opportunity to, you know, do more than Zoom and, and walkthroughs on the field. And, and he said, and we underestimated the impact. He said, we probably should have stayed uh, with the overall philosophy, the, uh, uh, the one we had, and he said, that's on me. That's the GM. And that's the second time he's kind of said that. Um, and so uh, he, he thought that they should have put emphasis on familiarity, not try to change so much stuff because it took so long to try to get everything changed. That's interesting. That's a very yeah, let me, interesting. Uh, let me throw in something I was listening to on Monday morning. I uh, listened to Bill Belichick's end-of-season press conference. And they asked him about the whole off-season. And this is, you know, and obviously he's been there for 20 years, and so it wasn't a new coaching staff. But he, they do have new players that come in yes, they every do. year. And, uh, and he, he uh, went on and on talking about the, the very same thing that you're talking about, Mickey, and what Jerry was talking about, the whole WebEx and the virtual off-season and everything and how uh, the players were not getting, uh, you, as far as the complex things that they were trying to teach the players in the offseason leading up to it, the retention was just was not there for new players. And they didn't know that until they get on the field. And sometimes you don't know that even until you get on the field in a game. And, of course, they even had a situation, and the Cowboys did too, where they had to go virtual at some point during the season. And, um, and they people, players were not on the same page at all. And I think a lot of what the Cowboys were doing defensively, you can attribute to the trying to learn this offense in a virtual capacity. Even though you're starting a week earlier in April and you're taking it throughout the offseason, 
as coaches, unless you are are hands-on and can be on the field and demonstrating and all that sort of stuff, you don't know what they're grasping. And especially when you're just talking on a video conference with 20 different guys or however many it might be that, that you have in your position group during the offseason. And, uh, and, and so I think that that is very real. But all teams went through that this year. And he pointed that out. Uh, he, he, he went on to say, uh, he said that many teams had serious problems uh, and things that related to COVID, uh, you know, but they're in the playoffs. Uh, he said, so uh, people got the job done with COVID. We got to wear that right. crown. Uh, they did and we didn't, meaning they got the job That's done. That's it. That is All right, uh, let me let me throw in one more thing on that. Uh, the the one thing though with a new coaching staff. All right, and you remember Mickey Bill Parcells and of course uh, Everson you would know this from Parcells that you know he talked a lot in his press conferences about uh, teaching players and he he talked about how different people learn in different ways. There are visual learners, there are others where uh, they, they can comprehend what you're telling them just by word of mouth, but some people you have to get out there and actually demonstrate it. With a new coaching staff that has totally new players, they don't know their players well enough to know, okay, is this a visual learner over here, or is this a guy that, that can get it if I just write him a note, whatever, you know? Yep. And, and so there is where a new coaching staff uh, is at a disadvantage because they don't know their players and how they learn. So now you know what teachers went through trying to teach virtually to classrooms. Uh, Can you imagine sure, yes. you got a 12-year-old, <laughs> and, and I've had teachers tell me this, right, that they're trying to teach, and they're looking on the screen, and there's two kids sleeping over there, right? And there's no parent there to administer things. And it's like, how do I wake that person up? I can't go shake them. Or like they used to do when we what were in, about? in elementary school, either throw the eraser at you or, or, or our one teacher had that stick, that pointing stick thing. He would throw it like a spear at somebody. The yard stick. The yard yeah, stick, yeah, yes. the yard stick. <laughs> or hey, go and bang listen. it on the desk and just shock the hell out of somebody. <laughs> He'd get fired today, unfortunately. Oh, my God. I'm done. I'm okay. Done. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> All right, next topic. Uh, he was asked now after this season not having Dak, did that give him more leverage in negotiations? And Jerry said, "I don't know how you could have any more leverage than he already has." <laughs> <laughs> He he basically said he's the he's the picture postcard of ledge of leverage. He goes oh and it's God. substantiated did, did by but but he also said but he also said but that's substantiated <laughs> by what we offered him today, meaning this year, that they've given him what they thought was a fair thing because of his leverage and and they wanted more. And then they made the the mistake of asking, well, well, what's the difference between years four and five? And they got a lecture on the cap, right? And it's like, you know, you buy a car and you can pay it off in three years and pay more, or you can pay it off in six years and pay less. And they got an economics lesson. (laughs) Too much. Oh, how many people fell asleep during that one? Hey, but you talk about the kids and the and the virtual learning. That's just how bad it can get. I remember on Twitter, 
they had one moment where one of the kids passed gas while the <laughs> teacher was trying to teach. I saw that. I saw yeah, that. So you could just imagine all the distractions <laughs> that grown-ups have. These are grown young men who are trying to learn a new system with the distractions that might have been going on. But as you said, you know, the person that came out the best, uh, to, yeah, it had to be luck of the draw in regards to what you had to deal with. But as you had those issues, then your expertise in how you dealt with people and, and dealt with, with crises during that season, that says a lot about you as a coaching staff. We had the worst, we can't say the worst luck, we had some of the worst luck in regards to injuries as far as any team around the NFL. We could, we could put ours at the top. Forget the COVID stuff. It was just the injuries that we had to deal with that just were, you know, ridiculous for us. So we just didn't deal with that well. Those teams that were blessed enough, not good enough, but blessed enough to where they have fewer injuries, especially on the offensive line, those were the ones that were more consistent throughout the season. Well, you know what? And, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because when Stephen Jones did his uh, segment yesterday uh, and they, they were talking about the need for a quarterback, and uh, Stephen said, Jeremy and I were looking at who's, uh, who, was in, who was in last night, meaning the playoffs. And he said, and it was their starting quarterbacks having most of the season. So if you look at the playoff teams, here's some of the starting quarterbacks. Goff, Rodgers, Wilson, Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Jackson, Mahomes, Mayfield, Roethlisberger, Tannehill, Josh Allen. Oh, sorry, Alex Smith. But if you look at those guys, the majority of those teams had those quarterbacks the entire season. I, and I, I left out Mayfield, I think. Uh, the, the majority of you them had Mayfield. those. I did? Okay. Uh, you know, some of them might have missed a game or two. I don't know. Breeze missed two or three games. Uh, but, boy, all that talk about, well, they're not going to rush him back because Taysom Hill's playing so well. The minute Breeze was healthy, he was back <laughs> on the field. So First of all, that was Drew Breeze' decision. So that was the whole – he took that decision out of anyone else's authority. Like, I'm playing, I'm right? I'm going to play. <laughs> yes. But I thought it was, it was a good point. And the other thing, Bill, on the injuries, it's one thing to have injuries spread out over the team. It's another thing to have injuries to an offensive line like the Cowboys had. Offensive because line, you know what? Yes. This league doesn't have enough quality offensive linemen to start with. That's why those, 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 those spring leagues fail because they don't have enough offensive linemen to protect the skilled players for them to have a good game. And when you're missing three guys who could be pro bowlers, because I think Lael Collins was on his way to be a pro bowler, how do you compensate for that? And not only that, but then you lose the guy that was the backup to those tackles. You lost him, so now you're down to the backup to the backup. It, that matters, and I know they don't want to make excuses, and that's fine. I get it. But when you look at those things, and it's like, well, what are the Cowboys got to do? They got to blow this up and start over. No, they got to get these, you know, if they could have laid hands on these guys, it would have fixed their problems. So let me ask you this. So we always talk about, and I know me, uh, defense being the, the stalwart of any team. 
to me, the COVID has shown that the offensive line might be the most important unit on any squad. And I, I never would have said that before this year. And, and if you think about it, if you had that defense, you can survive not playing well offensively. You know, sometimes you got to win a game 20 to 17. Sometimes you got to win a game 17 to 12. And, and, and so you're yep. struggling offensively, yep. but if your defense steps up and, and is not ranked 23rd and 31st against the run, <laughs> you know, that the la- I, I think I'd look, the, that, that's the lowest they've been ranked on defense since uh, 2012 when they were 32nd. And I think you had to you know, go back to 2000 to find them ranked uh, 31st in run defense. So that tells you how bad they does, were defensively. And it doesn't help when you strike out, whether by injury or by lack of motivation or lack of play, when you strike out on Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe, Everson Man. Griffin, Ha-Ha, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, Darrell yeah. Worley. I mean, and even, I mean, the it's, it's a long list where you, these veteran guys who are supposed to be coming in and, and help the transition as much as anything where you don't have to play the younger guys uh, and you don't get anything out of any of those guys, really, uh, that, that, that puts you behind the eight ball to start with. That's All why right, you got to be, pa- be very particular when you shop at the dollar store. Yep, <laughs> that's right. Back in a moment on Mix Shots. That's good stuff. (laughs) We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. To mixed shots. 
Find out why this year's Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders making the team is the most competitive yet. Don't miss new episodes of season 15 every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central on CMT. And that would be tonight, you guys, if you want to tune in. Well, you time is that again? Season spags, I got to say. Do what now? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. What, what time is that show? 9 What time is it on CMT? 9 p.m. before you go on the air at 10 o'clock. Central. Central. Central time, 9 p.m. Hey, okay. one, other, right. one other note. All right. You know those quarterbacks I mentioned that are in the playoffs? Uh, uh-huh. I looked at the yeah. leading passers, and that goes by their rating, right? So okay. eight of the top 11 rated quarterbacks for this season – are in the playoffs, and 10 of the top 15 are in. The only ones not in the top 15, Roethlisberger, Goff, uh, Smith, and Trubisky. Trubisky? Yeah. That's what I thought. So quarterbacks do So which ones of the – which three of the top 11 did not make the playoffs? Deshaun Uh, Watson? Deshaun Watson was second. Cousins – didn't make it, and Carr, and, and and Herbert, in the top 15. Yeah. Yeah. That's All right, the top 15. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. What about Mike Nolan? What's going to happen with Mike Nolan? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, they, they, um, Demarcus Lawrence did his conference call yesterday, and he was asked about the defense and asked about Nolan and, uh, you know, kind of – and they asked it very – gently to him, uh, but he knew what they were asking. And his answer was, we went through some tough battles at the beginning of the season. Not me personally with Coach, but I'm just saying, in general, as a defense, we went through tough battles. When you're playing with young guys on defense, you have to take into consideration that some things that are easy for me won't be easy for the next person. I respect Mike as a man because he looked himself in the mirror and he changed some things to make us play faster and helped us play better. I mean, it was later in the season, but we started to see improvements, and I think it really shined light on the top of players, on the type of players we are. So he kind of generally suggested that, yeah, there might have been some disagreements with what they were being asked to do or how they were being asked to do it. Uh, early in the season. Did anyone ask DeMarcus if they run a 3-4 or a 4-3 defense? They did not. (laughs) Okay. And and, and you know what? And I still can't tell when they had five guys on the line if it was a Uh 3-4 or if it was a 4-3 with one of the defensive ends playing strong side linebacker standing up on the edge. And that's yeah, what it looked like to too. me. Because I saw that's Dorrance right. Armstrong this last game dropping in the coverage. And made a play. And made a play. And made a play. He did. That's he right. absolutely right. did. But I also saw Xavier Woods having to play linebacker in the nickel against two tight ends, and he got the ever eleven daylights knocked out of him by an offensive player uh, pound offensive lineman. <laughs> Why did Randy Gregory only play 20 snaps? That's a very good question. Because the question was asked last week, 
that, oh, he wasn't playing that many snaps. Now he's playing a lot of snaps. And then he goes back to 20 snaps. Right. And, uh, and, he, and I went back, I, I, was, I went back and uh, the coach's film wasn't loaded yet on uh, NFL.com, whatever. And so I wasn't able to look at coach's film. But I went back and last night and looked at the first quarter and it looked like Gregory got a decent number of snaps early in the game. I was wondering if anything may have happened to him to, uh, that, uh, or just because whatever uh, whatever their substitution pattern was, did uh, for whatever reason he, he he didn't get more snaps later in the game. I'm not sure. Maybe it was because the Giants had a lead and they weren't and they were going with uh, uh, more two tight ends. Uh, it, you know, they used two tight ends a lot in the game. Um, Even use three tight, tight ends. ends at, right, three tight ends. So tight ends, if you count up the, the, the snaps of the tight ends for the Giants in that game, they, uh, there were 58 offensive snaps and 96 tight end snaps. So they were you know, pushing it to almost where there were two tight ends uh, all the time. In fact, there were just 20 snaps difference between uh, the two tight ends and uh, three wide receiver uh, formations. And you so. remember you remember over the last few years how Garrett used to get criticized because he ran too many two tight ends and he ran right over the Cowboys with two tight ends. Oh, they ran that was three my tight ends. Observation right they, there. They, they, they run but three tight ends if... and they know the Cowboys are going <laughs> to run. Why do they do that? Let's spread them out. Well, they ran three tight ends and <laughs> ran right over the Cowboys. How but, do you think? But Jason, they were able to run more two Jason tight ends because. Right now. I, I just had to ask that. I, what did you say? What, I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, I, how's you know, he feeling? How do you think Jason Garrett's feeling? I mean, we. <laughs> I really haven't heard him brought up. It was like, you know, he's got to be as much as he's upset with Peterson. I'm sure he is. He won't say it. He's got to be sitting back, like you know what? They can kiss my butt. <laughs> He's got to be thinking that right now because we were so happy to get rid of him. Here we go. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, comes down to Jason Garrett and the Cow versus the Cowboys. I mean, we're not even talking about the fact that he came out victorious and basically stuck it to us. He stuck it all to right. us. So what do you think his stock is as a head coaching candidate? He's being interviewed by the Chargers, and I saw on Twitter a lot of snarky comments about, oh, Jason Garrett's getting, you know, had the 31st-ranked offense in the league this year with the, with the Giants, <laughs> and he's getting interviews for head coaching jobs, and, and they act as if he didn't do anything here in Dallas, uh, the same snarky. If he's going to get, to me, if he's going to get any notoriety or any type of uh, – uh, uh, consideration, it would be because, of course, what he did with the Cowboys. Because to me, if you're in the NFC East, you're six and ten. Your your quarterback, I mean, your your team uh, ranking is as bad as it was, thirty uh, first. I don't think anyone's going to be beating this door down. Well, not because of this, not because of this past season, but it would have to be because of what he did with the Cowboys, and maybe they weren't able to go after him at that time because they were already dealing with another coach and seeing how that was going to work out. But, yeah, it would be based on what Jason Garrett did before he got to New York. But, because New but, York would not – all he had a chance to do was just stick it to the Cowboys. That's it. He just stuck it to the Cowboys, and then he can move on. But if you – 
Look objectively at what the Giants had on offense, and they lose Saquon Barkley early in the year. They had Nate Solder, who opted out their left tackle at the beginning of the year, so they had to play their rookie first-round pick at left tackle, and they had to start Cam Fleming at right tackle the entire year. Uh, there's, if, if we look at it objectively, they didn't have much to work with, even to begin well, with. I mean, do that, then Coach McCarthy should be coach of the year. Exactly. So, I, I mean, no, it's, a, right. it's the same for a lot of teams, and there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason Doug Peterson is probably on the hot seat in Philadelphia beyond what he did the other day. Uh, because, yeah. and, and, and the reasons are because when you look at what the Eagles had and their, the injuries on their offensive line. You know, back when we were looking at uh, when the Steelers came to town, and you, you look at the Steelers, and that was halfway through the season, ninth or tenth game of the year, and you looked at their injuries, and they had lost nobody. And you wonder, well, you, there, there was you, you didn't have to wonder why they're unbeaten. There I mean, they had one injury. Point, their Bill. middle linebacker was the only injury of the year. And, and they were able to trade for, for one right before the deadline when he went down. Uh, and so it, it's, it's just so huge uh, staying healthy in this league. I mean, that's not me breaking something. news. Can I, but... can I say one more thing, please? Uh, we're talking about uh, the defense and Mike Nolan. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, of course, I always think of Jalen Smith and, and our linebackers and how they play uh, in this system. And I know we're talking differently from 3-4-4-3 three, four, four, three versus the flex defense, which is what I grew up on and actually played under. Does anybody remember, even when we were getting stomped, how many tackles Eugene Lockhart had those two years? He, led, I think he, it was he the, set a record in 89 because <clears throat> no one else was tackling. <laughs> and yet... He was still making tackles. He didn't use that excuse of having probably the worst defensive line. If it wasn't the yep. aging all former all pros that we had, then you had they were bringing guys in that I mean, they were bringing guys in that had just run a good forty time like three days ago. So okay, <laughs> let's put this guy in at defensive lineman. And Spags was there. He saw that crap. You have to. You have to really. Take your hat off to a guy that got over 200 tackles uh-huh. two years in the row, Spags, under such horrible conditions. I think we were 3 and 13 in 88 times last year, and we were 1 and 15, of course, in 89. Mm-hmm. I, I used to come into the huddle and look at Eugene Lockhart, and it, it's almost as if during the game his pads started to wear down. That's just how many <laughs> tackles he was making. 200 plus. He has a ring. He's got, he's got, he should have more than one ring because he had over 200 tackles two years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm glad Bill's looking that up for me. But yeah. whatever number he comes up with, it's going to be amazing. And see, that's the kind of uh, stubbornness that, our, that a linebacker has. All good linebackers that I've known were extremely stubborn. Like, I don't care what the odds are, I'm going to go in here, I'm going to raise. Hell today. And that was always Lockhart's deal. He always used to say, you better buckle up your chin strap. And he said it a little bit more provocatively than what I can say on on TV, (laughs) on on the air. And so that attitude I don't see from our linebackers. Even with with, uh, uh, Van Der Esch and and, uh, 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 Jalen. Now, of course, Sean Lee has that mentality. His body just can't hold up. And he wasn't nearly as big as Eugene was. 
But when you start talking about determination at the linebacker position, that's the kind of thing that I'm kind of looking for. I mean, I played with, with Lockhart. I played not to compare Lockhart to LT, but dang, you're talking about guys that have the same mentality, not the same talent, but the same mentality. And that's the kind of mentality I think is missing for Mike Nolan. So I'm not blaming that on Mike Nolan. I think he needs to instill that in his linebackers. And Lockhart, uh, you know, uh, Pro Football Reference does not have tackles uh, back going back to 1989. They weren't keeping track of tackles like they do now. Lockhart but, was. But the Cowboys <laughs> did. And, yeah, Lockhart was. Uh, he set a club record with 222 tackles in 1989. And those were the and days. And Spags is right. He those, had to make them. Yeah, he was the only one making them. Those were the days one, when 154 guys, solo tackles. Guys with club record. How many? 154. Club record 154. Yeah. And I think I think uh, I I think Sean Lee's probably second, uh, in, in, or at least second. In, in. I I can believe that. So, I can definitely believe. So that. those were the days, the revolving door, right? Guys would work out on Tuesday, <laughs> practice on Wednesday, start on Sunday, get cut on Monday. Cut on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and they would just repeat it over and over. And you name the position, that's what oh, took place. <laughs> oh, man. All right, and what Those did the days? And so, uh, what did uh, Jimmy Johnson do with Eugene Lockhart? Cut him. Traded him. He traded him <laughs> to New England, to the Patriots. Right? To the Patriots. To the Patriots. Yeah. In exchange. In exchange for the first overall draft pick of the 1991 draft, Russell Maryland. Hey. Uh, he was traded along with Ron Francis, linebacker David Howard, a 1991 first round pick, number 11 overall, Pat Harlow. Who was involved in the Herschel Walker trade. And a 91 second round pick, which was Jerome Henderson. But they had so many picks that, that it was easy to do that because they had already. Uh, they had already pilfered Minnesota, and they knew they couldn't afford yeah, all those guys. That was guys. David Howard was part of that. Yeah, David Howard yeah. was, yeah. I'm and glad the, you brought up Eugene Lockhart, Mean Gene the Hitting Machine. Hitting Machine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gave himself that his oh, own I'm moniker. Oh, I'm sure he did. So I'm sure he did, counts. yes. <laughs> <laughs> And here's one of my favorite players Good to interview, times. too. All right, Mickey, you got a closing thought? Uh, I'll be interested to see once they do their evaluations, uh, not only of the team, but when they do them on the coaching staff also, uh, to see what uh, comes out. Because I think the thing you have to remember about putting a staff together, you don't get carte blanche treatment, right, to just pick who you want. they got to be available. So with six coaches now having lost their jobs, Anthony Lynn, Doug Maroney, uh, Gase, Dan Quinn, Bill O'Brien, and Matt, uh, what was the last one I wrote down? Matt Patricia. Oh, Patricia. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of staffs. There's going to be a lot of staffs out there, you know, assistant coaches looking for jobs. So it'll be interesting to see when you have that big of a pool if you go. All right, let me see. Is this what better than what I have? Go look at those coaching staffs and connect the dots. Right. See if, look at those coaching staffs and see if there's connections to McCarthy. 
And that's what that's he, right. And that's what he did. Bill. And that's how he kind of put this staff together. There was all connections. Maybe he's got better connections out there. So it'll be interesting to see going forward. <laughs> yep. All right. That does it for this edition of uh, Mixed Shots. And we are back throughout the offseason every Tuesday at 1130 for Mixed Shots. No telling what all will happen by the time we reconvene next Tuesday here on Mixed Shots. Make it a great week. And Everson, close us out. Go Cowboys. (laughs) You like that one. That was a good one.